0: Hey there, and welcome back to A Conversation for One podcast. The podcast where I ramble on about horror and sci-fi multimedia, film franchises and universes, Canadiana theme parks, and so much more. So, how's it going? It's been a bit. It's been a bit, as usual. Um, Today, though, nothing crazy. Nothing too crazy. I'm just going to cover some flubs and then give you guys some updates, um, because... There's a, Well, there's been a, quite a few flubs, and there's quite a few updates. Uh, so first things first, let's cover the flubs. Flubs and updates. Uh, so first thing, uh, I think it was in the black and white horror episode. It's not so much a flub as I just really wanted to talk about it. So I said, um, I think one of the films on my list was Todd Browning's Freaks, which if you guys haven't seen it by now, put it on the list for October, for Halloween, because it is it's very mood it's very good um it's one of my faves but i did say todd browning directed freaks and he directed dracula and the way i kind of phrased it was just like he only had those two big movies and after freaks it kind of like spiraled out and that's that couldn't be further from the truth dracula was actually one of his later films and freaks was closer to one of his last films uh he had a just a slew of hollywood experience and he had a ton of like silent film credits as well so the big one i was like he had one or two and i think he had one other one i can't quite remember something like that um that film was a huge film uh it was uh london after midnight which i can tell you right now most of you almost all of you have not seen it for good reason and i'll get to it but you guys will almost definitely recognize the face of um lon chaney chaney lon chaney chaney i don't know So Lon Chaney, you'll definitely recognize the face. It's on like a lot of art. It's a lot of poster work. It's on one cover album. Is it a cover album? Can't quite remember. But it's basically the image is bigger than the film. Whether the film was good or not, it's not really known. Um, If you guys have a chance to see it, definitely watch it. Definitely tell um, the world, tell MGM, um, tell, you know, film archivists that you saw it because the film has been more or less lost Um, since the 1960s all that's left just like a few clips a couple pictures and then like the posters Um, so that's unfortunate but then kind of cool so that was in 1927 and that's a um, it is a horror film it's a vampire film Um, but it's it's silent I don't know if I just said that but it is a silent film from 1927 that's lost in the 60s but then Todd Browning, he did like, what well, a classic move was back then, like Fritz Lang did this, Alfred Hitchcock did this a lot, is that you're like, yeah, that, that film was good, um, but I wanted to do it differently, but I was limited, or it was a big hit and I kinda wanna cash in on it again. And what do they do when they wanna cash in on it again? They remake it. So that's exactly what Todd Browning did. And I didn't know about this, I just saw this recently, was that he re- he remade the film and it was called Mark of the Vampire, Uh, In 1935, both films, uh, *London After Midnight* and *Mark of the Vampire*, um, they're both uh, produced in, like, I guess, made by MGM Studios back in its heyday. And um, so he remakes this film, and instead of having one person play both parts, which is what I guess Lon Chaney did, uh, he played like the normal person and then the vampire. I guess I obviously I haven't seen the film, so I don't know, but he had Bela Lugosi and Lionel Atwell, which pretty big deal. Um, both big names, big, um, shoes to fill and uh, evidently like Bela Lugosi, because this is 1935. It's pretty recently after Dracula, again, another vampire film for Todd Browning, I guess Bela kind of spoofed his role in Dracula. I don't really know how truthful that is or how much weight that holds, but evidently that's what he did. It's, definitely going to be going on the list i don't know if i will get to it this october but maybe i'll watch it sometime this month doubtful i'm very busy um but at least by november december like it's going on the list i've i I'd, I'd heard of mark of the vampire but i'd never actually seen the film or anything about it like i knew nothing about it um so yeah that i had to cover and then moving forward to the conjuring the conjuring car rant um i was like Kind of shit talking La La Llorona, and I was like, I'm not going to see this film. It feels so shoehorned. It feels like not right. I don't like that they like had a film made just individually, and they're like, let's slap some like they're basically like you know taking a roller and putting like Conjuring Universe on the poster. It's it. I was like, I'm not even going to waste my time. So I saw it. I saw the film, and I have to say, um, as I thought, I didn't care for it. Yeah, not at all. It was <laughs> complete garbage, just utter trash. Um, I Don't get me wrong, I do like Linda Cardinelli. Carden, I think that's right. I'm not even going to correct myself. If it's not right, then you know who I'm talking about. Like, um Freaks and Geeks. I was going to say Scooby-Doo, but no, she is in Scooby-Doo as well. She's in a lot of stuff. She really is. And you know what else she was in, which I didn't really... I was like, what? I'm pretty sure she's in The Founder. Like the, the McDonald's story with Michael Keaton. Which, if you like Michael Keaton at all, don't sleep on that film. Go check out The Founder. But anyways... La Llorona, <laughs> my Sharona, La Llorona. Um yeah, it was all jump scares, and I feel, it's one of those, ugh, it's one of those feelings where you're like, I feel like, god damn it, I feel like there was a good film in here, like if you dug around, you like, if, if it was like something on the ground, and you're like, no, 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 let me just go deeper, I know there was something good here at one point, you kind of like feel it, it's like, it's almost like the film itself is is a ghost of what it was or what it could have been you know where you're like oh god like you you could you can like you can almost smell it you can taste it like you you see all the the threads like you could have easily done this i feel like that was there but this got switched and they had so many moments like i referenced where it's like you could have put more conjuring shit in here like if you're gonna put it in put it in like don't fucking put it in like halfway You know, like, (laughs) it sounds so sexual, but seriously, like ram me with conjuring, like just bend me over a barrel and just give it to me. Don't, don't fucking waste my time. You know, let's get it over with. Wow. Way out of line. But that's exactly what I felt like. Um, I did start the film, got a little distracted, didn't finish it, came back to it and I was like, let's, let's see if it was worth my time. And no, it wasn't. I wasted my time twice uh, for this film and I wish it didn't exist um that's not to say there weren't some parts that i did enjoy i thought the creature effects were cool i liked the idea of the story as much as you can say like that's something and i'm always down for a horror film and it felt comfortable that's the biggest thing like if you're like really hungry for more conjuring it felt comfortable like i don't know how much they changed to make it feel more like the conjuring but you bought it it's kind of like um was it called Ghost Dimension or is that the sixth film? You know, I can't remember which came first, but you know Paranormal Activity, not related at all. Um, but it was like one, two, three, and I think it was the fifth one. It was the one that was going to be the spin off. It's like the Hispanic one, which I love. A lot of people didn't like, but I was like, are you kidding me? This is easily like top three, top three, top five, top five. But that film had no right belonging in the universe, and yet it did at the same time. Like it didn't feel the same, but it did. It's kind of what La Llorona feels like, not because of the Hispanic ties. I don't even know if that's a leap. That is a leap. What am I talking about? I don't know. Where was I? Right. So it just, I don't know. Something about it felt like the conjuring, but at the same time, you're like, you just know at the end, like this isn't right. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. So, yeah. So Todd Browning, La Llorona. What else did I have here? Oh this, this is a big flub. And I was just ugh, green with rage. So while I was editing this, I realized I flubbed a lot of the names on the scary stories episode, which I don't know how, because I saw it recently before I recorded it. Like I saw it and it was like that day or the next day I did it. Um, and where I got these names, it wasn't even just like, I don't know like the girls the guy's name was like John and I called him Jim like these names are off so I don't (laughs) know what happened so let's run through this quick so I flubbed Chuck's name Chuck was the uh, kind of like class clown loudmouth kind of kid Uh, so his name is Chuck and I lovingly referred to him as Ronnie I called him Ronnie almost the entire episode and I don't know why I called him that I don't know why um, I guess because they're kind of weird oddball names. I don't know. So his name's Chuck. So every time I say Ronnie in that episode, it's Chuck. Um, also, too, the the bully, like that, like, shit kid that I was talking about, isn't Tommy or anything like that. Hopefully I called him Billy, um, but his name is Billy. Maybe it's Tommy. No. I think I looked this up. Yeah, he's Billy. Maybe I said it was Tommy, but it's Billy. Um, God, I hope that's right. And then I called Stella, who's like our main girl. I called her Sarah once, which was a boo-boo. I I think I might have cleared it up mid recording, which is like, thank you, past Tyler. Um, and then the biggest flub, like, oh my god, and I and I this was the entire episode. It wasn't like Chuck where I called Ronnie maybe like five, six times in an hour episode. This was like start to finish. I called this person this so I called Sarah Bellows you know, like the clip that I added in, like Sarah Bellows, tell me a story. Like I made that little clip. As soon as I heard, I was like, Oh, you fucking idiot. You didn't call her Sarah once, did you? And I was listening and I was hopeful. And I thought maybe I might've called her Sarah once, but no, I called her Mary. I don't know why. I guess because Mary is also like a cryptic-y ghosty name, but I called her Mary the entire goddamn time. So I corrected myself with Stella saying like, Oh, no, like, why would Sarah be in my subconscious unless I was like, I'm gonna, like, one of these people aren't named Sarah. She's <laughs> stupid fuck. So, yeah, I called her Mary the entire time. So every time I call the ghost lady Mary, it's Sarah. It's Sarah Bellows. So the entire episode, I called her that, like a stupid little dum-dum. So yeah, those are my flubs. I know there's a lot more, but those are kind of like the recent episodes. I'm sure there's something in King Kong, but I'm not kidding. Like, I don't want to listen to my own episodes. So like, I spend hours and hours editing them, and then I listen to them again to make sure the sound translated properly. And after that, I don't really listen to them because I have to deal with myself talking to myself all the time as it is. So I don't do that. Couple of updates. So as you all know, um, the August episode that I was gonna do for perfect horror, and it's like big, 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 bigger than life, like bigger than Kong, eighth wonder of the world. And I was like, like firing off fireworks. I was like, this thing is gonna be huge so it's not done it's not done and boop, boop, boop. it's not going to be done for a bit and it's not because I'm like not doing anything for it which it kind of seems like it I'm sure to you guys by now um it's because I was like well I'll work on something else and I have this amazing interview with Catherine uh on Epcot and a bunch of other like Disney and Universal Parks I forgot we talked about some of that and it's great, and it's super good, and it's super fluid, um, but I had never done an interview before in person, and I don't know how many podcasts Catherine had been on, and it's no fault, fault or hers. I'm just as bad when I'm listening to it, um, but I don't have a mixer, and you guys probably know that because some episodes probably sound like unreal, I'm sure, and others are patchy shit fest that I'm really sorry I'm putting your ears through, but um, so I don't have a mixer, so I can't edit out the spikes i can't bring up the like the flats and it's really hard for me to balance it um, unless i'm just kind of doing it like freely like i am now which i'm sure i'm still gonna have to edit this bad boy at the end of the day um so i'll have moments where like Catherine is really close to the mic and energetic or she's pulling back and she's energetic or vice versa less energetic and then i have where i'm like oh yeah that's interesting like i'm just talking like listening to her but on the mic you can't hear it but then i'll start to talk and it'll get loud Or, um, we're talking kind of at the same time and either she gets quiet to like be polite to me or I get quiet to be polite to her. And we don't have a mixer. Like we did not have a mixer for that episode. And so basically I've just been editing day and night. Like when it's just me, I'm like editing. I'm like, Oh fuck. Right. Like (laughs) fucking just like throw like my laptop through the window. But now I'm editing two people on two different tracks and, uh, She's a bit tricky. It's a bit tricky. I mean, I've edited two people before. I've had past episodes with a guest friend of the show, um, Scott Fawcett, for our Godzilla episodes, our Kaiju conversations, and those turned out great, um, more or less. The first one was rough. I'm not gonna lie, it was rough. But we were just literally the toe was dipped in the water, and we were figuring it out. In the second episode, we had two different audio files, and yeah, editing it was a bitch. But it was more of a like labor of love. I. Was not behind at that time. I had other episodes coming out, so that was just something I was doing in the background. Now I don't have anything, as you guys know. I'm popping up little episodes to keep you, uh, keep your ears, uh, hungry or keep them fed, I guess. And, um, yeah, so I'm really hoping to get it out in like the next day or two. I'm pretty close, I'm about halfway done, and uh, I even uh quit work today, not quit, I and mean, I'm not like I'm done, like I just. I kinda told a bit of a fib, if you will, and I'm home now, a little bit early, and I'm working on it. I'm actually recording this, which is taking up a lot of time, but I figured I'd let you guys know where I'm at and clear up some stuff. So yeah, hopefully we can have that Epcot episode done. I've got the picture ready for it. I've got all of the um, the uh, episode notes done for it, and uh, I have it all planned out. I've got like my intro music, my intro clips, my outro, And it's just a matter of editing it for just sound, not even, like, content. There's no, like, ums or ahs that I'm really taking out. It's just more, you know, volume spiking and stuff. So hopefully that's out soon. Um, As for the perfect horror episodes, I'm hoping to have those out, like, bang one week, bang the next week. Probably, I was aiming, like, for the 10th and then maybe, like, for, like, the 17th, 18th, something like that. Like, bam, bam, just, like, have them out and ready. Um, So I'm still very hopeful for that. It's still very realistic. Um, Almost like 65% of of, uh, the episode is done. Um, So, I mean, it's not impossible. It's just a matter of getting it done. Um, And then on that matter, um, so in terms of me actually working on this show, um, it's just me now. It's just me. Um, The producer for the show is uh, currently... Well, like it's kind of a awkward situation because i wasn't really expecting it so basically i'm without um, funding and i'm without support so i guess her producer was kind of um unhappy with how the show was going um i didn't know this obviously otherwise i would have changed some stuff um so she's moved on um she's working with she's looking at i guess or working with a couple different shows currently um so i doubt she will be coming back to the show so yeah um no support there um it's just me um so in that meantime i'm just really going to be pushing forward as much as i can so without that support i don't really know what's going to happen with the show it's kind of like actually held the show back quite a bit not having the our producer in the corner um so Like I said, I'm going to do the best I can. I've got lots of stuff planned. Um, Basically, here's the game plan here. Don't hold me to it. Nothing's concrete. Um, But as I said, it's just me. So here we go. I'm going to try and get this Disney episode out. I'm going to try and pump out the perfect horror episode. Um, I have another uh, car rant planned for Patreon subscribers. And I have another... um, I've got actually two film shane up. Film Shame episodes that I have recorded and that I'm ready to get out. And I have another episode of the Film Shame that I'm hoping to um, watch. Obviously I need to see the film to do that. And then I have um, an episode that I want to do on uh, Robocop, an episode I want to do on Paranormal Activity. And there is an episode that I want to do on, um, actually it's kind of a special guest. It's kind of a, um, I've been in touch with an 80s, Canadian 80s pop legend, um, pop rock and roll legend. Um, So hopefully that'll tie into something. Hopefully I can have that out around November. It would have been nice for October, but October is a stacked month. Um, Other than that, I've just been, um, I had a couple interviews with people that I was supposed to have done this month and they kind of didn't pan out, which was disappointing because one of them was a a horror film producer um, who actually reached out to me, which was kind of cool. So I had that all ready and I had that all planned out and we were discussing the logistics of it and like when we could record and getting the script ready. Um, like you scratch my back I scratch yours kind of thing and then just kind of ghosted me so I don't know what happened there um, I can only assume that they listened to the actual show and we're like ah fuck this and I can't blame them for that um, so I've just moved some stuff around and yeah it basically just boils down to time um, personal life and um, basically just having the heart to do it. Cause it's one thing to want to record. Like I could do that all day. I could talk all day about stuff I love and I could plan the episodes and I could see the voice clips. It's editing these things like fucking Christ. No wonder so many podcasters are like fuck this. I'm out. Cause that, unless you're like, I don't give a fuck, which a lot of people do. They just do like one take and they throw it on there or they do like a nice 20, 30 minute recording and they get it out there and then or they talk all day and they're smart like i've had people offer me and you have an editor so i've had people be like hey for like 25 bucks a month i'll edit your episodes i just can't trust somebody with my babies you know but i am thinking about it lately i'm thinking about it like i could record a nice hour episode send it to somebody they clean it up i add in the stuff i like and then it's done i was really thinking about it i am seriously considering it and then one more update. Um, so I've covered uh, the episodes. I've covered the producer leaving. Oh, and here's the other thing. So the computer I have, if you guys follow my Instagram, you will know this. It is absolute dog shit, like dog shit. Like I, I don't, I don't know why they make stuff to fail, but that's what it is. Um, so it's been getting the blue screen of death for the, like the last three four months. Uh, and it's really brutal. It's really annoying. I have to constantly save my stuff before it gets corrupted or delete it. Um, and then also to now, super fun. I have a hardware issue where it just doesn't connect to the internet. So I am looking at a couple laptops, hopefully to pull, hoping to pull the trigger probably in the next week to two weeks. But I got a lot of expenses, a lot less expenses than I originally was planning for, which is uh, less nice as it is disappointing, but, um, I've also, I'm also looking at a car. I'm looking at jobs. Not that I don't have either of those, but just trying to upgrade, you know, as you do when you are adulting. So the laptop is on the list. It's a little less big of a purchase or an endeavor as getting a new job or a car. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to get that soon. And then I am hoping to get a mixer. It is a big step. All of my tech is USB. Um, Everything is, and all my software I've learned to use for USB, um, like USB mics and the such. So that'll be a big deal. But I'm thinking about pushing forward. Um, did the new logo. I canceled the commission logo, which, you know what, she kind of had it coming. Took her like three months to get back to me. and like, Jesus fucking Christ, like you're not that big, you know. So three months, I was like, fuck it, I'm not spending 500 bucks. Um, so I just made my own. I've taken the money that I would have spent, I downloaded software on my phone, downloaded software on my computer, and I just do all of my own stuff now. (laughs) I'm not doing, like, that high school, the high school shit. Like, I have a little, but, like, I was, like, editing all my things on Paint, so I was getting stuff. I was, like, half doing it on Snapchat, half doing it on Instagram, then on Microsoft Paint, then on just, like, the computer, then putting it on my phone, or just straight up skipping it, just doing Instagram, just doing snapchat and i was like all right i gotta stop fucking doing this so i have photoshop on my phone i've got two other programs that i use for the text and for the actual photos um and i think they're looking good they're looking not too shabby so i'm gonna stick with that for our production logos and um promo pics and yeah it's just uh i haven't lost the passion for this which is nice i did for a little bit not so much lost it as it just kind of got dampened a bit but yeah, it's the editing, guys, and I'm really sorry about that. It's no fault of my own. It's I, I want these things to be perfect. I really do, and that's basically what it boils down to. I want these to be the best I can do, and I'm constantly learning and I'm constantly upgrading this stuff. Um, like I still think about George Lucasing some of my older episodes just so that like they're not like. You know, you don't get brain cancer from how loud they are. Like, I don't want you guys, your earlobes to be bleeding or to hate the pacing. Like, I wouldn't cut them up. I wouldn't trim them. Trim them. Just the sound. Because, like, here's an example. If I, Like, my first episode in the Halloween episode, I was like, I don't know how to do this. So I put every clip, whether it was sound, whether it was a voice clip, whether it was mind-talking or anything, and I was like, this is hard as a mother to edit. So I just shoved them all into one, um, basically, panel. So like I have like one track, another track, another track, another track, and like they're all different parts. So I can balance the volume, edit them, and all that stuff. But in that one, I was like, that's too hard to manage. So I shoved them all into one track. The problem is you got different differing sounds, different pitch, and it's just it sounds atrocious, just awful. So I'm thinking about it. I kind of want to leave it. So it's like look how far I've come. But at the same time, like I don't want. To ever think that it was this bad um, so but that's not on the horizon I've got way too much to do and a lot of big plans and as always I am planning way too far in advance I have like got eight episodes cooking right now and I've got four burning on the back burner and one that I'm kind of ready to put on the plate but it's just like Jesus Christ so also remember too, Halloween big episode coming. might be two episodes but it's gonna be big time Halloween is the big month. That's the uh the red the red tag event at this podcast. And then I'm gonna try it again. Christmas Extravaganza Part Two Stories, movies to watch, less horror, but there is gonna be some in there. And it's just it's gonna be stuff to watch. It's gonna be stuff you like. These are gonna be longer episodes and I'm already planning for them, which I'm like, you need to fucking step back, you stupid idiot. Like you've got a lot cooking right now and August just ended and you didn't do anything in August. So yeah and i'm also thinking about doing a giveaway like come on tyler figure it out buddy like it's just you you work two jobs seven days a week you're gonna slow down probably not so working on a giveaway that's gonna be for christmas so look for that it's gonna probably pop out around october november Oh God, why do I do this to myself? I do it because I love you guys. That's basically why I do it. I started recording this as you guys know, just for funsies, we're ca- we're so close to one year. I was thinking about it today, holy smokes. I like recorded the first episode like around the 20th something of September. Oh wow, so close. So yeah, I started recording this thing. I was like, I'm gonna do it just cause I like it. Um, see, I don't care what happens, I just wanna do it. I feel like this would be something. And then it's like open new, new, like channels to talking to people. It's opened up networks of stuff. I'm talking to people about things I like. They're responding, saying they like it. I'm on iTunes. That already is mind blowing. Just, whoa. Well, I guess it's called Apple podcast. Now iTunes RIP, but I'm on Spotify. I'm on Dogcatcher. Uh, dog catcher. I'm on uh, SoundCloud. I'm on iHeartRadio. Like I'm on all of these things. My name, me, Tyler Horlings, your host, this guy speaking right now. It's so cool. It's so cool and I just appreciate that you guys are listening and I know this doesn't really cover too much I thought I would like maybe talk about something, but honestly very depressing. All I've been watching recently is Bojack Horseman Although I you know what I can talk about because this thing hasn't run long enough I went to see and if you guys live in the Toronto area or you know If you're Ontario and you you have the means to get here the go bus is very close uh, to everywhere, and so is the Go Train. You could probably get there. It's well worth worth your time. Granted, the thing I'm going to talk about is not quite as cool as um, At Home with Monsters, the Guillermo del Toro exhibit that AGO held. Uh, what was that now almost two years? 2017. Anyways, it's uh, Kirk Hammett. I guess he is the guitarist for um, Metallica. He has this exhibit on right now at ROM, so it's been running since. Uh, I don't know middle of august and i thought it was going to wrap up around october but it's not it wraps up january 2020 so you guys have a lot of time to check this out and i will say if you guys are not horror or sci-fi guys people persons girls it might not be your cup of tea but it is really really cool to see especially like if you're like you know what i would love to see the rom i haven't been to the rom in a dog's age spend the extra five ten bucks, go see that because it was so cool. I was just like, like not for real, but like, you know, aroused. Like I was like, whoa, like I, when you know, when you're geeking out about something and it's, it's like also like authentic, do you know what I mean? Like it's one thing to see, Oh wow. There's a giant like Godzilla figure. I'm losing my mind. That's so detailed but then you see on it's like, this is actually an original Godzilla figure that was used at the theater during the premiere of Godzilla versus Destroya in like 1997 or whatever you're like, or 95 or whatever. And you're like, no fucking way. Like instantly your excitement just like, just jumps that extra. So that's basically what that was like for me. And I was just like, oh my fucking God. Cause it was like Frankenstein posters from 1931 and legit lithography, like OG, lithographs and you could see you could see the textures so it's like not just one layer of paint not just two three four layers you can see all of the different textures that were painted on these bad layers and it's like oh my god like oh my fucking god and so many and he had so many of these prints that were like yeah this is a very rare print that was like the mummy it was like mummy dashika mummy whatever so the 1930 what was it i don't think it was 31 was it what was the when did the original mummy come out? Was it 32? Ah, oh, god, I don't know. Let's just, you know, we'll cover all our bases here. So it's between 31 and 34 that the original mummy came out came out with Boris Karloff. They have like the Swedish translated version of this poster and good fucking god, it was gorgeous. They like almost did like it was like influenced by Egyptian um I almost said pictographs. That's not what they're called. Hieroglyphs. Hieroglyphs so that's, that's like the art style they had. And it was gorgeous. And keep in mind a lot of these posters, like, sure, there are some like, um, lobby, lobby cards and, um, smaller prints that you would have got like lobby books even. But a lot of these posters are gorgeous and massive. Like there was one, so that mummy print was huge. It was very big. It was like, probably like, I don't know, like four and a half feet tall, big, big print. It was like, holy fuck. But then there's also like, um, posters like this one for Frankenstein which it might have been a European print also if you guys are following me on Instagram I don't ever really promote this and I'm not even going to tag myself Um, but obviously I have the ACFO podcast um, Instagram but if you ever do follow my personal every once in a while I open it up it's usually private but it's master horlings and it's master w H-O-R-E-L-I-N-G-S. I posted like a shit ton of pics up there. Um, but this this print was like six and a half feet long. Like it was a um, it was a landscape um, cut and it was like massive that way and maybe like three feet tall of Frankenstein and it has him like looming in the background with like big red Frankenstein letters and you see like the people walking through the hills like with their torches and pitchforks and stuff. I was like, this is gorgeous. But it wasn't just Prince. He did have some cool stuff. Um, so he had, like, original costumes from Invaders from Mars. Um, and he also had one from... It came from... No, was it a cave from outer space? No. Fuck. Maybe it was. But he, so he had, like, original costumes and props. And then he also had, like, the original, like, lightning ray. The, like, one of the, like, electrical rods from the original Frankenstein set. So that was really goddamn cool. And of course I was like, Oh, did you know like like who I was with? I was like, Oh, did you know um that they um this the whole set was just like found on the lot and like Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder, they took it and they used it in like seventy four Frankenstein, our young Frankenstein and sure enough we go there and that's one of the facts that it has. And I was like, like, I don't even need to read these. Like, I know everything, you know, let's just brush my shoulders. Um, And then they had like a big King Kong marquee, like for the theater. And I was like, holy fuck. And that was huge and beautiful. Um, what else did they have that was kind of neat? Um ba-da-da-da-da. Oh, he had figures. So much like the Guillermo del Toro um, exhibit where he had like, Um, Edgar Allan Poe and H.P. Lovecraft, like really creepy looking dudes, and like Ray Harryhausen, he had a figure made of Bela Lugosi um, with his suit from, uh, was was it White Zombie? It was either White Zombie or Black Cat, and that was haunting. It looked very, very good. And then he also had an old man, Boris Karloff, which was also really nice, and that Looked like it was from one of those he kind of looked like he was from like the raven or the black cat not the not the black cat no maybe the black cat i'm thinking wasn't wasn't he also in like the dark the dark old dark house something house i'm really just like a sucker for like the classic universal monster movies once it gets into like other stuff i kind of start blurring them together and it's it's something i'm ashamed of so i don't know but they were gorgeous um, there was a massive poster for Bella Labette, which I love that poster. Um, oh, I can't think of his name right now, but he also does Orpheus. Oh, it's a French director, Jean. Uh, God damn it. Now this is going to be a flop. You know what? I'm going to pause this for one quick second. We'll jump back in here. Okay. So, yeah, it was Bella Labette by uh, Jean Cocteau. Cocteau. That guy is unreal. His films were so ahead of its time, and he was such a visionary. So yeah, his other one I'm pretty sure is Orpheus, which I have seen, and Bella Labette, which um, is Beauty and the Beast, is, oh, I've seen about ugh, a third or half of it. I had been putting it off because I was saving it to watch with somebody, but I don't think I'm going to be getting to that Um just gorgeous. Like thinking that this film is that films like from the forties, seeing like the makeup work for the beast is unreal. And like just the additions he makes, like making the castle magical and stuff, you kind of take it for granted now with how Disney perceives beauty and the beast. But like none of that stuff was in the original story. So like he went to town, this guy is such a visionary and I almost wonder like if he must've been on something, but anyways, they had the original poster, the French poster for that they had the original poster for I'm pretty sure it was Lon Chaney, um the hunchback, the hunchback of Notre dame that was gorgeous and it was a French poster, so it was the actual poster from Paris, I'm pretty sure oh it was gorgeous, just layered with color and like you could you could see the parchment almost it was like holy fuck, like it's just so everything was detailed, and he had like experimental prints too, like um not experimental, but um like promotional basically like prints to get you excited what are the what are they called there's a name for them but it's basically promotional artwork um maybe that's what they're called but he had it for the invisible man which a little bit of a spoiler you might be hearing about pretty soon it was a tough decision um but i think that's the one i'm going to be going with for one of my lists coming up um but yeah and it was so hard to fucking take a picture of that thing because They had it right under a goddamn bright light. So it's in a frame. So it's glaring and stuff. But basically, it's like a completely black picture. And this is a pretty big picture. Not as big as the other ones I was kind of talking about a little later or earlier. But so it's completely black. And it's got... um, Oh, my God. I can't think of his fucking name. Uh, Claude Rains it's got Claude Rains's face so like as like a colored silhouette almost like a half of his face like imagine like Andrew Lloyd Webber's like Phantom of the Opera like that much of his face and it is his face and it's like colored weirdly like not all the details so it's just like certain colors for like his pupils some of his cheekbone his forehead a little bit of his cheek and it was like red and dark like like a like a turquoisey blue and yellow, and it was just like an outline of his face, and and it just like the Invisible Man, like coming soon or whatever, and, and you're like, wow, wow, like that's just, and it's it's nothing, it's nothing like the actual movie, it's nothing, and yet it feels like it, they go hand in hand, like you don't see Claude Rains' face until the guy's dead. Spoiler alert for a 1933 film, but he dies at the end. It's a Universal monster film; they all die, so once he dies you see him otherwise though you see a bandaged man that's it and or nothing dancing clothes basically and that presents nothing but how do you show off an invisible man without giving away the whole character the whole shtick of your film it was brilliant it was beautiful Um, as just speaking of we saw the poster for uh, London at midnight which is kind of or London after midnight which is kind of what made me think about it Uh, I'm not gonna lie it's kind of what made me think about it and uh, what else was kind of neat Oh, the guy, because he's the guitarist for Metallica. He had um, um, they showcased like Nosferatu, 1922 Nosferatu, mixed with like one of his music videos, I guess, with Metallica and how like they borrowed a lot of elements slash work together. So this guy is a big horror guy, and you know what, that's usually how it goes. A lot of heavy metal guys or rock and roll guys are big into horror. They they do kind of in a lot of ways go hand in hand um but he was a big horror guy especially with like knowing that this is just his collection and like he's not like a filmmaker or anything like that like this is just like shit he loves um and I guess it inspires him too but um he had all of these guitars is what I was getting at he has all these guitars and they have all these cool prints like Bride of uh Bride of Frankenstein Dracula and it's not like the um posters that we all know like the generic posters they're all like weird um, overseas or like like a one-time run poster. And he's got them on these guitars, and they're gorgeous. Um, Mummy, Frankenstein, Nosferatu, the foreign poster for Nosferatu. Uh, he's got this really neat Ouija board one. I'll try and throw that up on my Instagram if I remember to. That was one of my favorites that wasn't uh, actually movie related. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, he had like he had like Bela Lugosi's own personal portrait. Like, the portrait Bela Lagozi had of himself, you know, as, like, old ballers used to do, they'd get a portrait of themselves to hang in their house, like, just in case you forgot whose house you were in. Yep, so his own personal portrait he he owned, which I don't blame him. Like, just shocking, just stunning, haunting, really. One of my favorite adjectives, as I realized as I edit these episodes. But yeah, he had that. That was neat. He had a bunch of old toys, both, like, Japanese and European and American, um, he had a bunch of like, um, lobby posters, like not lobby cards, but like big posters that you'd see in the theater. He had one for, um, the exorcist and Dracula's daughter. And fuck, what was the other one? Oh, I'm not going to be able to think of it now. Oh, oh mothra he had one for mothra uh which was really really cool um it's like the one we've come to know um same with the exorcist there's really only like one picture for the exorcist and it's like the priest under the the lamp looking at the house um it was that um but it was all yellow so it's just black and yellow which was kind of cool (laughs) you know what it is and uh yeah no it was really great and it was well worth the time When you walk into the exhibit, you're like, oh, this is gonna be really cool. But also in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm gonna be out of here in 20 minutes. And I mean, realistically, you could. I just don't know how. You would really just be like, oh, that's a poster, that's a poster, that's a poster. Like, you just have to walk through it and it's like, why even go? But if you really take in all the stuff that's there, and I'm not even covering everything. There was tons of stuff that I'm just kind of breezing over. It was really, really, really cool. And I definitely recommend it, especially like if you're just in Toronto, like if you want, I would recommend going, making the day to see it. But at the same time, it's like, it's for an hour or two hours. And if you're, if you're a big horror sci-fi guy or person or girl, or however you identify, make the time. But uh, if it's out of your way, but you're like, you know what? I'm thinking about going to the ROM eventually. It's open till January. I'd pay that extra money to go check that out. Uh, even if you're not a big like dork for this stuff, it's still really cool to see. Um, and it's just, it's just on a side note, like just not even be like, wow, these look great. Like just thinking like how much affection and care and imagination, like the posters used to be everything for a film. That's what grabbed your attention more than anything. It's not like now where people are taking like behind the scenes photos of a movie that hasn't even been announced yet. Or, um, you know, the trailer's just kind of like cannon fodder, like, oh, so we can make a decision. The posters really aren't grabbing you you already know by the time the poster comes out if you're going to see the film or not or you're just waiting for a review back then a poster might not have anything to do with the actual movie but it grabbed your attention so you're like i guess we're seeing this thing and the amount of art and style and craft that went into these things it's definitely lost it's um, you don't see it in many posters that's why i like when artists do renditions of the posters for either like a steelbook or just a normal blu-ray release or for a re-release or just want like they're just doing it to sell prints because it's like yeah do a poster like that let me see like the, the creativity like don't just make something like don't just have like the star's face on the poster with like movie like movie title it's like who gives a shit right like I don't care at that point you could just have in like goddamn text writing what the movie is and I'll just see it Um but yeah it's it's gorgeous and like I definitely I always kind of wanted this, like, cause I do own some already. But I definitely, when I get my own house, um, that's like mine, my house, uh, I'm gonna be putting posters up in at least one room, if not scattered throughout, because they're just gorgeous. I am a big art guy. I like, I'm a big art guy, bro. But like, I do enjoy art. Um, it's something that's been growing in me since I was in university and I took some art courses. I am a big art guy. I have a two-year subscription now at the uh, A G O um i do enjoy art so i like the real stuff not saying that it's not like pulp art or pop art is not art like it's sure it's a little schlocky at sometimes but i I definitely want a house that's full of both so definitely if you ever come over if i ever have any of you listeners over it is going to be a good mix of like maybe like monet and then also like dracula's daughter i don't know but uh yeah so yeah guys those are some flubs and some very big updates and i'm hoping hoping to get this these new episodes out very very soon um thank you guys so much for listening honestly i appreciate it um please just take the time at, whether you're listening to me on apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to me to just please just take a little bit of time out of your day to give me a five-star review that means the most really that goes a long way and if you have a couple extra minutes just write something nice just uh, it honestly goes a long long way Uh, And if you haven't subscribed to Patreon, no pressure. Honestly, there isn't any. But if you do want a couple new episodes, um, I am going to be putting some stuff up there right now that is just exclusive to Patreon. Uh, Like I said, I'm working on another episode that's going to go on there, and that will make number two. Uh, That one will be exclusive. So if you do want to do that, just for even a dollar a month, you could listen to that episode. Um, As for listening, uh, you guys can listen to me on... I'm sure I'm going to miss some, but I'm going to try my best. Here we go. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play Music, Uh, Radio, what else do I got? TuneIn Radio, Dogcatcher, Overcast. Oh, God, I feel like I'm missing one here. But there's lots of stuff. Oh, Stitcher. Stitcher's the big one. And you can listen to me on Stitcher. Um, so, yeah, you can listen to this podcast a lot, a lot of places. And uh, if you have none of those, email me. Uh, I'll send you a raw copy. I got nothing to lose here. I'm not making anything on this. Um just uh just your friendships you know and that means the most oh god that's so cringy but yeah guys that's it that's it for today and hopefully in the next day or two you can look forward to a great big interview episode with miss Catherine coots uh until then though be excellent to each other stay rad as always and uh yeah tyler out and now folks it's time to say good night